Well, welcome everybody. Glad that you're here. Uh, we are here to talk about our phones and more broadly to talk about the internet or this also applies to computers and to laptops and uh, what are they called? iPads. Uh, what's the name I'm looking for? The generic name? Tablets. Tablets. This applies to everything, but it especially applies to our phones because for many of us, our phones go with us almost everywhere that we go. And so we're going to start off with this quiz here. And this quiz is made by, I forget if he's a psychologist or psychiatrist. So this is just his quiz verbatim. And I'm going to give you his results and then we'll pray and we'll, we'll get into this. So go ahead and count up your... Your, your yeses and your noes, okay? Um, and so, the uh, one, so really the yeses is what they're, what they're um, after. So if you have a zero to two yeses, he says your behavior is normal, but that doesn't mean that you should live on your smartphone, that's, that's this is his quiz that he gives. Three and four, your behavior is leading toward problematic or compulsive use. So all of you have been to the doctor, and the doctor gives you a form to fill out, right? And you check off things, and then they kind of evaluate you. So this guy is a psychologist or psychiatrist, and this is the form he gives to people when they come into his office. It's also online. So five or above, it's likely that you may have a problematic or compulsive smartphone use pattern. And then eight or higher, it says if your score is over eight, you might consider seeing a psychologist, psychiatrist, or psychotherapist who specializes in behavioral addictions for a consultation. You also could see your Lord and your friends, is what I would say. Um, I, I'm not saying that you need a psychiatrist if you have this score, but this is the way a psychiatrist or a psychologist treats patients who come to him for all sorts of addiction, whether it's you know, drug, alcohol, phone, they put these things and treat these things in similar ways. So, that's, so this is just um, his quiz and this is for, um, for you. So I want to start off with, with a quote from this book that I read, um, How to Break Up With Your Phone. And it's a very helpful little book. My daughter and I have been going through it. And she says this, she says, if you wanted to invite a invent a device that could rewire our minds, if you wanted to create a society of people who are perpetually distracted, isolated, and overtired, if you wanted to weaken our memories and damage our capacity for focus and deep thought, if you wanted to reduce empathy, encourage self-absorption, and redraw the lines of social etiquette, you'd likely end up with a smartphone. Like this is, and there is quite a bit of science behind how our society and culture and individuals have changed with the frequent use of smartphones and even more broadly, this book is just about the phone, but more broadly about devices and computers and how it's actually changing us. So for us, um, and I'm going to try to go through these pretty quickly. It's a beautiful day outside, and I think interaction and, and discussion is going to be really good. But this first one, I want to take a moment and pray about. 
because I think every, almost every one of us here, and if you're not in this category, almost every one of us here, I think, could improve how we use our phones. Now, if you don't have one or you never use one, then you're outside of that category. And so this is still a helpful time for you because there are people around you that you could speak into their lives and utilize this information. But the overwhelming majority of us, whether we are on our phones a lot and we have a very high number or whether we're on our phones a little, we're a zero to three, I believe that we can really, that, we, that God can significantly use our phones and us and our relationship to them. And so this kind of begins with just the surrender. And so that's the first thing that I want us to do is just surrender ourselves and our phones and our electronic usage more broadly to him. So let's do this by prayer and then I'm gonna try to quickly go through these 25 things. And if you have a question like a clarification question, like what, what do you mean by that? Or then go ahead and interrupt me. But for broader discussion, let's just save that for the end and we'll try to be out of here. We've got until three o'clock is kind of what I was hoping to, to be out of here. Everybody want to be out of here by three o'clock? So quick questions, interrupt me like clarifications. But if you have longer questions, write those down or save those for the end. And that's where we're going to head um, pretty quickly. We'll be there very quickly. So let's, let's pray together and then we'll, we'll get into these. Father in heaven, I, I pray, I think every single one of us here is a follower of Christ. And Lord, our whole lives are our stewardship, in essence. Our time, our resources, our phones, our cars, our houses, every single thing that we have, we want to use them for your glory. And for most of us who have smartphones, um, these are things that we use a lot and are around us, and they impact us and they can also impact those around us very much so i'm praying right now just a heart of surrender for myself and for everyone here particularly for those those for whom their phones are used excessively and used in ways that um, either are against your will or ways that are not necessarily evil but just keep us from things that are better. I pray that today and even this moment would be a moment of surrender, and I pray that there would be uh, a redirection about how to use phones coming in the future. For the few of us here who don't like our phones or don't have phones or don't use phones, I pray that you would give us understanding today so that we could disciple and mentor and speak into our friends' lives and children's lives or parents' lives or whomever it may be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. All right, so everything that Christian does is for the glory of God, and we should just make that really central to our phones. So everything on it, how we use it, is for his glory. So some, some practical suggestions on how to do that. Um, even today, I would recommend that you change your lock screen. That is what your phone looks like when you look at it, when you first hit the button and the power comes on, that you change that to something that would remind you that you're using this device for the glory of God. So I did that a few weeks ago. Gracie took this picture of me. So I put 1 Corinthians 10.31 on my phone, which is in the car right now. Hopefully it doesn't get too hot. Um, 
<clears throat> so when I touch my phone, you know, I'm not saying you necessarily put that verse up there. I normally had a picture of my family up there, which is a great thing. And I'm probably going to go back to that at some point. But for the last few weeks, I've had this verse on there and it has had an impact on me when I grab my phone and I look at it. And now I'm thinking, what am I going to use this for? Um, I'm going to use this for the glory of God. And so I would suggest every one of you, unless you're the rare person here who doesn't use a phone, doesn't like a phone, to change your lock screen today to something, whether it's this verse or some other verse or a reminder or, or whatever. So in this, one of the books I read, um, some of them, instead of putting something on there like that, people who um, are on the, on the high number of that scale or someone who's extremely excessively attached to their phone, they've gone to another level and put like a, a rubber band or a cover or something that they have to do before they even turn it on. They have to like one gal put like a hair pretty on there and it's covering up the power button. So she's got to slide that over. Is that what it's called? Hair pretty, hair scrunchy? What scrunchy. Do you, scrunchy, scrunchy, <laughs> whatever. You put something on it. So that's, so change your lock screen to remind you of this. Uh, number three, memorize Philippians 4, 8. If you haven't memorized this passage, this doesn't really have to do with phones. It has to do with all of life. But um, memorize this passage. I would recommend that and apply the passage by deleting apps, by removing images, as well as adding apps or adding images to your phone. So what is that verse? It begins, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And this has been a foundational verse for me and for our family. So this obviously doesn't just relate to phones, but our phones are things that are just really impactful in our lives. This relates to what we watch on TV. This relates to what we read on books. This relates to what we do in sports. This is, this is a great grid verse. And so if I'm reading this news article on my phone, it, is it true? Is it true? Is there journalistic integrity in the person who wrote this? If you listen carefully to many articles like stuff that's going on in, in um, Ukraine right now, a, a company or a news place that has journalistic integrity will say, we haven't been able to verify this. They let you know, we, we don't know if this is actually true or not. So if, if a place that has journalistic integrity, they're not gonna write something unless, in their view, they've verified it as, as true. So is what I'm reading true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. So that's number three. This verse uh, is, is huge in all of life, and it should be on our phones. Number four. Do not focus primarily on reducing time spent on your phone. Instead, focus on stewardship of every moment of life. So one of the disadvantages to doing a talk like this is we end up talking about our phones too much. God isn't just concerned with our phones. He's concerned with the totality of our life and how we use our time, how we use our gifts, how we use our brains, everything that we do. So this is just a major aspect of that because many of us spend a lot of time on our phones. So broaden um, this to how you spend your time. And for many of us, a lot of that time is on phones or on other kinds of devices. So we see this in Ephesians 5. Be very careful then how you live, 
not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So it's this line here, the making the most of every opportunity is kind of the basis for what we're doing here today. We want to make the most of the time that we have on this earth before we go as believers to the new heavens and new earth to, to glorify God. And, and our phones can actually help us, help us do that. So number five says download an app that tracks your actual use. So this is not for people who don't like their phones or don't use their phones, but this is for those of us who are excessively attached to our phones. So almost the books that I've read and the stuff I've read on this says almost everyone underestimates how much they're on their phone. It's not 100%, but that's a general thing. So here's one person, Samantha. She put one of these apps on her phone. She says, I've been horrified by the data that the tracking app has been provided. Yesterday, I picked up my phone 81 times and spent over two hours on her phone. So the app actually tells you how many times you swipe in, how many times you do this, how many times you do that. They're very detailed. So if you excessively use your phone, you should get one of these apps and you should look at it so that you actually know the reality of how much you're on your phone. And some of them are very detailed. They'll tell you how much you're in every single app. Some of your phones have something like this built into them already, but they're not as sophisticated as the apps that you can download. So number six, and this I'm gonna suggest for everybody here. So I don't know if you have these things, so I was thinking more of young people. This all started with me shepherding my daughter. So if you have these things on your phone, I would encourage you today to delete Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and other social media apps that you spend a lot of time on. Amen. So those of you that delete them, I'm not saying that you don't go on them. So you can still go on these apps through the browser on your phone. It's more tedious, it doesn't work as well, and you're not so much of a victim which is what many of us are on the apps, the way that they're designed. We'll talk about that more. So I would say um, if you have these apps or other social media apps, uh, to delete them. And, and at least for a time period, just access them through your web browser. And number seven, this one is huge. So when I say turn most notifications off, what I mean is if I'm, on a mountain bike ride, which is actually a, a spiritual time for me. I talk about mountain biking a lot, but most of the time I'm alone and I'm with the Lord when I'm climbing, it's almost like walking, not when I'm descending, but when I'm climbing, it's kind of like walking. And so I'll have a sermon going, I'm listening to music or I'm praying or just seeing his creation. Um, <clears throat> it's not helpful for my phone to be buzzing in my ear when I'm on a mountain bike ride. It is not helpful for my phone to be buzzing on Sunday morning when we're gathered to worship. It's not helpful for my cell phone to be notifying me right now, almost no matter what right now. I mean, if my wife was in a car accident, I would want to know, but aside from something like that, like I, I really don't need to be interrupted during certain times, a time like this, a time like when I'm spending time uh, alone with the Lord. Um, so many times, um, we, we want to, we'll talk about that in a moment, get rid of our phones totally, but turn most of your notifications off. So what I mean by this is, if you're the kind of person where anyone in the world texts you, and you get the phone, and you look at it immediately, that is, I'm saying, don't do that. I'm saying, you can adjust your phone so that when my wife texts me, or my daughter texts me, 
it comes through. But everyone else, I don't get a notification when they text me. So I check my phone whenever, after I've spent time with the Lord, or at the end of the day, or after my bike ride. So I don't get notifications except for from my wife. Um, I mean, I should have it on there. For, if you want to know the truth, I only have my wife that just comes to me no matter what. So my daughter wouldn't, she's not here right now. She's supposed to be, but she's in Las Vegas. So my daughter's texts don't come straight to me. Uh, my wife's, my wife's uh, do. So turn most notifications off however this, this works for you. I need to put my daughter back on mine is what I'm trying to say, essentially. Um, so some of us use phones or, um, or our apps um, for, for evil. And that's mostly what I've not been talking about so far, but I wanted to mention this. So if you use apps to look at pornography or to read gossip or to read lies or there's certain apps you go to where you covet. I go to this app and I wish I was like that. I wish I looked like that or I had that. I would encourage you to repent of that and to delete those, those apps. Nine, identify your prioritized apps, those you use the most to glorify God. Move others to other screens. So if you don't delete them, at least move them away from your home screen and prioritize your apps on your phone screen, on your home screen. So I did this some time ago. So most of mine didn't really change, but a couple changes on mine are, um, this is that Unreached People group app, which was new. So it was mentioned by, who mentioned that today? Jeffrey. Jeffrey uh, Gale mentioned in Confession. So this is an app, I'm not using this every day, but this is an app that helps you uh, to pray for people in uh, Unreached groups where there's no gospel, no church. So think through, what apps you would have on your home screen. And I mean, I don't think I need to tell you all of mine. Our phones can be used for really good things. This is for listening to music. Music's huge in my life and I listen to music um, a lot. Um, directions, you know, these are our directions. These are, this is so I can find my family and see where my wife is and, uh, and so on. This is to open my garage door. Um, <laughs> Those are, those are what I ended up putting on my screen. But I would ask you to consider what the Lord would have you put on your screen. Probably the most important one here is this. This is where I read the Bible. So I use this software, Accordance, on my phone, mostly on here. I don't do a lot of reading on my Bible or on my phone. I, I read Accordance um, on here and on my computer. I'm going to pick up the pace here. What time is it? So yeah, I'm gonna pick up the pace. So we have 25 and so we have time for discussion. Number 10, find a home for your phone at home, preferably in a drawer, not in your bedroom. Let it live there. So this has been huge for me. I started this some years ago. So I used to keep my phone in my pocket. I used to use my phone as an alarm clock. So when I come home, unless there's something I'm expecting to have happen, my phone goes in the drawer and it lives there and most of the time there's no alerts that can go off and I don't even know what they are. So I still check it, especially if I'm expecting, you know, someone's in the hospital, something's going on, I still check it. 
but most of those alerts don't get to me. They don't interrupt um, what I'm doing when I'm at home. Number 11, do not bring your phone with you to Sunday morning gatherings. This is what I'm doing. So I put or power down. It's very helpful for me to not have my phone with me. I mean, we talked today about, we heard from the Word of God today about the importance of, of telling individuals how much we love them and looking at them in the face and spending time with them. I mean, on Sunday morning of all times, I, I do not need to be looking down at my phone. Is there an exception? Of course. So I had a woman today, hey, I want to give you so-and-so's phone number. Do you have it? I don't know if I have it. My phone's in my office. So she came in my office with me and we looked at my phone and I, and I got that person's phone number. So I'm not being a, you know, you get what I'm trying to say here. It's not freaking out about you're a sinner if you turn your phone on on Sunday morning. I'm just telling you what, what um, a suggestion for how to glorify God. Number 12, do not bring your phone with you to your small group or Bible study or power it down. That's basically the same thing. These are just really important times. In our busy time, in our busy schedules, in our lives, we generally get together, most of us, on Sunday morning and maybe in a small group or men's or women's Bible study. Those are really important times, and I would really restrict any kind of device use in those gatherings. Um, charge your phone out of sight. I'm not in your bedroom. So that, that's kind of related to this one, just finding a, finding a place for it, finding a home for it. Number 10 is uh, similar to 13. So if you have a charger and it's only in your bedroom, you know, move that charger somewhere else. Establish no phone zones. So this is more for families or communities, small groups. You know, you can just say, hey, we're, not have, we're having a meal together. Let's all leave our phones over here. Or if you're a mom or dad, hey, we're all putting our phones in this bag or this box and we're going for a hike. We're going to have um, time in the word together, family devotion together. So establish no phone zones and even a place for, for those phones. Uh, take phone Sabbaths, an entire day, an afternoon, a vacation. And I, those of you that are taking notes, I can email this to you or send it to you or whatever. And I understand the paradox of that, but that's all right. Um, number 16, what I'm trying to do is, is I want the Lord to impress on you more than I want you to write these things down. I can send this to you. And this, that would be a good use of your phone. You know, maybe it's the time to pause and say, I'm not trying to get us all to get rid of our phones necessarily. But just, uh, you know, it just depends what God leads you to do. You probably don't need to get rid of your phone. You need to, to uh, redeem its use. Number 16, for addicts or to use the language of the Bible, idolaters, prayerfully work your way to an initial extended fast, perhaps two or three days or a week. So many of our young people, um, high school, college age students, they, set, they spend an extraordinary amount of time on their phones. And so for them, or if you're in that category, it's not just young people, but they especially, um, I would recommend that they actually take time and pray about moving toward a fast and maybe have a weekend fast. And then at the end of that fast, that's when you would implement all of these things. Um, so that's, that's for those who, who know that they are excessively attached to their phones. Another thing for those who are excessively attached to their phones, uh, write out on paper what you want your relationship with your phone to look like. So what am I going to do with all this time and if I'm not on my phone? Well, that's part of what you would do during that fast is what ideally, from a biblical perspective, what would God want my relationship with my phone to look like? So this was a helpful tool from this book. 
uh, www, which normally stands for World Wide Web. And so she says, asks, what for, why now, and what else? So again, this is targeting an audience of college students who are on their phone many, many hours a day. And so that's why the hair scrunchie or the thing on the front of your phone lock might be, what for, why now, and what else? So that's a really good question. So if you're used to just pulling that thing out and constantly going on it, you can ask yourself those, those three questions, those three W's. And so you could just put three W's on your lock screen. I think that's what she recommends. 19, spend a, instead of spending time coveting the cool things that others are doing and posting on social media, plan cool things and do them in the real world. So that's, um, that's what we're about. That's what we want to be about as believers, is, is doing cool things, doing God-glorifying things, enjoying life, not coveting what other people are doing, especially people that you don't know. And number 20, buy an alarm clock. So if your phone is in your room all the time, you need an alarm clock, and you should not have your phone in your room all the time. This is for those who are excessively attached to their phones. So this um, goes, goes back to, this is similar to one we already had. So minimizing notifications and vibrations. So you know we've got all these different levels of how our phones communicate with us, with noises, with vibrations. There's all kinds of ways. So every ding and vibration from our phones triggers chemical reactions in our brains that pull us away from what we are doing or the person uh, we are with and compel us to check our phones. So there is a, a neuro neurophysiological thing that happens when our phones go off. And I've got a, a book I'll show you in a minute that if you want to read more about that, you, you can. 22, ignore your phone when physically present with a real human being or apologize and explain why you must take this call or text message. So this is just to me basic, basic ethics, basic etiquette. So we have our staff meetings here often. And I very much try not to answer my phone or be on my phone. But there might be something going on where I, where I need to. So I'm waiting for my dad to call me. And it's an important thing. And he never calls me. And I might need to take that call. So I'll just say, hey, I've got to take this. This is my dad. I'll say that to Sedona and Jake and Sherry. But most of the time, I'm praying that I'm not going to be interrupted in our staff meeting or with whoever I'm with, that I'm going to be physically present with them as a human being uh, completely. And I'm not going to be interrupting my relationship, my eye contact, my love for them by my phone going, going off. Um, so if you want to push back against that, um, you might think that you're able to simultaneously listen to your friend and respond to that text but you actually can't. Uh, this book, it's entitled The Things You Can See Only When You Slow Down. It says the mind cannot have two thoughts at once. See if you can think two thoughts at exactly the same time. Well, is it possible? It, it's, it's not possible. So when we are multitasking, we are, we are doing something that doesn't take brain focus and something that does. So you can do that. But I can't listen to you as you're pouring your heart out to me. I can't listen to you and respond to a text and be engaged in that text in the way that I'm listening to you, Randy. That's not possible. And if you think it is, the science will show you that it's not. And I can show you some books that will tell you it's not possible. It is possible to do two things at once. But it's not possible to do them with the same level of, intention, of, of address and so on. 
Number 23, we're almost done and ready for your questions. When you're out for dinner with friends and everyone else is on their phones, this was a joke. Try taking a photo of them on their devices and then texting it to them with a the note saying, I miss you. <laughs> I put this in the slideshow. My wife looked through these slides and she was like, well, you should probably take that one out. I said, well, this is a joke, but yeah. this is reality. How many of us have walked into a family gathering or students or whomever, it doesn't have to be just young people, and, and everybody's in the living room like this, mm -hmm. or everybody's in the church foyer like this, or everybody's in the classroom like this, or out to dinner. And so the fact that everyone laughs shows what a problem that we have, whether you have it or it's others, we have this problem to where we are not giving attention to one another, but we're giving attention to our devices and whether that's whatever we're doing, whether we're shopping on Amazon or whether we're, whatever we're doing, we might be doing something good on the phone, but, but we should give attention to that person in front of us. Uh, 24, uh, you are selling yourself to Facebook, to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, etc. They have engineered their apps so that you think they're free. Okay, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but you don't pay for apps unless it's something really sophisticated software. Mm -hmm. They're free, but they're not free. They're not free. So you don't pay for Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Generally speaking, they're free. So advertisers pay for those things. You get to use it for free because your eyeballs, your time is what's being sold. You are selling yourself, not giving them money, but you're selling yourself. There's a lot been written um, uh, uh, about this. Okay, last one. Consider reading a good book, <laughs> a book bound with uh, papers. So this was kind of, as I was finishing up here, um, what am I gonna do for those of us who are on our phones uh, a ton? Um, consider reading a good book. So this is one of the books, and I have a copy of it with me, but my daughter is still going through it. This is a really good book. It's not a Christian book, but it is very, very good. And it's designed for the person who is excessively attached to their phone. And it, half the book is like informative, and then the second half of the book is a process on how to get to the point where you fast from your phone and then start in a whole new way with your phone. And then another book that's much older, is called What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. This is a little bit more of an intellectual or academic book. It's dated, so you read about things like MySpace in here, but it's not, uh, it's not, the valuable part is not about it when it mentions MySpace. It's about how physiologically and neurologically our brains are changing by using computers, iPads, whatever. So that's it. So questions, discussion? I got through pretty quickly. Yes.